welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. During the quarantine, I'll be talking to someone, whether it be a friend, a family member, a peer, a stranger. If you want to talk, I want to listen. But before we begin, follow me on Instagram and Venmo at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. For today's quarantine check-in, I am here with the one, the only, even though RuPaul's trying to put her name on another contestant, it's Heidi Ho! How are you? You know, I'm doing swell-ish. Yeah. Current situations, uh, non-withstanding, doing great. Yeah, um, I see that you um, got rid of your survivor beard. I did. I waited 39 days to shave, and now I'm looking like a thumb again, so it's how, great. How did, how did it feel um, growing a 39-day uh, beard? Okay, so at week two, it was itchy. I don't think I've ever had over two weeks since I started drag to grow my facial right. hair out. And then after day, like, uh, I don't know, 16 or something, it was fine. It was just like three or four days of like, oh, I should shave this off. And then, then it was all fine. I mean, it started to get a little Joe... Tiger King methy, but yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I, yeah, I miss it already. But it's it's fine. That's not really what how did I look. All of the fans think of it. Yeah, I've got a multitude of responses from it. Some good, some goodish. <laughs> yeah, I I've not done anything drastic with my hair, or beard, or any of that shit. I'm just not someone to experiment with that kind of thing. So I was like, you know what? We're just, we're going to shave normally. We're not going to touch the hair, even though I need a haircut desperately. Um, yeah, I, I need a haircut too. I have a box of dye that I bought on my birthday, but haven't used yet. Just waiting for when I, when I crack. Yeah, I don't think I'll get to that point. Um, plus, I don't even know if I trust anyone with my hair right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I, and I know I will not do it myself, so. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks, and maybe, maybe I may crack and be like, "Look what happened!" Because the we'll only see. time I've ever dyed my hair, I didn't even dye it. I put like um, blonde like highlights in it. Uh huh. And that was um, a choice. Oh, okay. That was yeah. my senior year of college because we literally were high and bored. So. That's what what you else do. are you gonna do? Exactly. Well, for our quarantine check-in, we have three fun topics we are going to discuss. And as we already mentioned, Survivor, let's just start with Survivor. Okay, great. Well, as it's perfect since you and I are both such big fans and we haven't Super gotten fans. to meet up again for recaps since the pandemic struck. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it, yeah. it's been hard to try to like do podcasts with people just for timing and also it, mm-hmm. it, it we all need a little bit of space so i was like you know the recaps we'll hold off on next season or if the yeah, we got what we again. got yeah but this we'll season ending one like a, a big finale one right or something. Th- th- this season has been pretty epic i've yeah it's fantastic that's for sure I, I mean i'm i'm a little upset about where the old schoolers fell in this situation sure. uh but you know, all in all, a very, very captivating season. When it started, I couldn't get enough, so Scott and I were binging old seasons. You know, yeah. we watched, like, Micronesia and Heroes and Villains and some of those bigger all-star seasons. And then we decided to start back at season one, and then we kind of, like, uh, fell off of our fever for a second. So we're, like, four episodes away from finishing that first season, uh, but we haven't touched it in quite a while. I This week, I was, I was very engaged, I will say. This was one of the best episodes of the series maybe oh wow it you really was, are gonna go there i think so because it was just the way it played out was so fun it was and a fast game of it, ping pong but yeah. like eight people were playing right. so you and, never knew where the ball was gonna and that go. was what was so exciting about it is like these are winners these are players yeah. they know what they're doing and they know that they know the other players know what they're doing so it's like who is going to get the last laugh and for me, this season, the season is mostly like uh, biting my fingers to hope that my favorite can stay. And right. th- that shifts as people get eliminated. So it's like anyone but me is literally the strategy. It's anyone but my person or my three people. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm adopting that Sandra situation. So I'm giddy whenever another name gets thrown out and stressed when it's somebody from my pool. Yeah, it's been it. It's been crazy because we're in a, a little Survivor Fantasy League and my team has... Um, 
been horrendous. Um, because <laughs> oh. I had these players that should do very well on paper, yes. but yeah. on this season, shit went down and it didn't really work. It, it really proves that the game is unpredictable, no yes. matter how uh, how well the people who are playing it know the game or how well we as people who have been fans and watchers think we know the game. It always falls differently. It depends on when you hit that pavement. It's I mean, it's the same for most reality television shows. You know, when those girls walk into the workroom on Drag Race, it just depends on who's there at that time right. and the, the challenges that are in front of you. Yeah. I, I want to ask you what are how how have you felt about these uh, little fire tokens? Uh, well, I don't I don't feel like they've been used utilized well enough. I get the gist of them. I'm upset nobody tried to carve them out of the uh, team immunity idol. Yeah, you know, like what was going on with that when you were two different tribes? Why didn't you pull out those eyes? Because those were tokens. Yeah. Um, it's a couple of times I'm like, okay, I see your value here. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I am not, I've not been a huge fan of it. And I know that there have been some plays that were influenced by the fire tokens. There have been yes. some advantages that have have been used simply because fire tokens existed. Right. Would those advantage, advantages been used in other ways? Sure. I'm sure they would have been on the season. Right, possibly you're, given to you're other people. Talking Sandra specifically, not necessarily she made Sandra, move. but like just some of the. I I almost wonder if this element, which I think is just a step too far, uh-huh. was not included. How this season will play out, and I think okay. we would have a couple different um, scenarios right now. I think certain people would still be there, certain people would not. I agree, um, and I think what they did was. They a they added they doubled the prize because these people need the motivation. They are cunning. They've already right. won it. Uh, but I think they needed to add an element that none of them have ever done before because a lot of these people have right. played the game multiple times or played as, it more recently. Yes, especially the people who are left. And as Sophie said, uh, she's like she has never. I've never done this before. Like yeah. she didn't understand how to get voted out. And she I was watching an interview with her and uh, she said. If I now that I've done that, I know what the whispers or what the feeling of a day that you're voted out is like. Yeah. And she's like, a lot of us don't. She's like, none of us know that we're winners. And I said, no, Sophie, you just have never come back. Some of these winners won on their second or third right. time. You know, some of these winners have come back and been voted out. So like, a lot of them do know what that feeling is. That was the disadvantage that she had going in that game, and it really bit her in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Sophie was being set up pretty well for the season, and then for, yeah, so I for me, I was blind, I was blindsided. Do you have a prediction on who you think may end up the winner this season? I don't have a prediction of the winner, but I can see the end going somewhere along the lines of like uh, Nick, Ben, Michelle, yeah, uh, Denise, and uh, Denise and Kim are really going to have to fight to get up there. But luckily, people who have had big targets on their backs, those two girls have survived until this point. So it's going to be, a, as Tony calls it, a hyenas. Yeah, final I, three. I think... that's what I believe. I think this next vote is going to be integral for how the rest of the season will play out. Because if, if I mean, on paper, y'all should be getting Tony out immediately because he's yes. the one who's going to yes, play. He can win this He'll, whole thing. Yeah. But I don't think Tony's going to go this week. I think it's going to possibly be a very unfortunate moment for me and I'm going to lose Sarah. Um, um, but... Well, I think that it could be Tony because Sarah's going to have that fire under her ass, but it also could be Jeremy because he's just been skirting, skirting, skirting right, by. How many lives is he going to have left? Exactly. There have been so many people this season, especially since the merge, who've been skating, and I, I could see any of them in that final tribal, but at the same time, I don't know if I'd want to vote for any of them. Yeah. Because no one's I, done yeah. anything yet. Yeah, exactly. So, And that's why I think they need to get Tony out because he has the best resume at this moment. Maybe yeah. followed by Denise, who made one big move to one get Sandra out. Yeah, but no exactly. one else has done anything this big. Possibly even Michelle. Michelle could win. Michelle may actually win. I would love it if Michelle wins. I'm so team Michelle now. Yeah, if Michelle wins the season, people are going to be like, uh, what? People will be mad, but I'll be like, watch it. Like, it. Rob said it. If you win, you win. It's yeah. just your circumstances. It's yeah. different every single time. And, you know, I love hearing her voice. I tuned in to just watch her on Instagram Live this week. Uh, everyone, and people have hated her voice, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. I find it's very soothing. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Instagram and um, Survivor players, um, I have met Eliza Orland a couple times. Um, it's a fucking stick. Yeah, she has part of one of the um, patron groups I've been a part of. Um, her and Corinne are very, very close. So she had a um, amazing race viewing party last year, I think twice, where she invited the patrons to come watch with her and a couple other contestants, whatever. So we've been friendly, whatever. I follow her. She's currently um, running for Manhattan District Attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I've tried to support as much as I can. And this coming Wednesday, they have a big event, uh, where it's, I think before the episode, there's going to be like this little 40 person survivor talk thing. And then you break up into little groups and talk with the, whatever. Um, and I had messaged her saying that I'm going to try to go. And also said, if you ever need, um, a fundraiser and want drag queens, I know a bunch of big survivor fans who would love to do it. And she is, very excited for that possibility. Uh, so. Elise, maybe dad, do you hear that? Oh my like, God. <laughs> it, it could be huge. I mean, um, as long as no one does any poverty numbers, I'm sure she'll be thrilled. You know what? She may not even want survivor numbers because you know she's running for um, district attorney. District attorney, right. You but, know, maybe we'll uh, all do serious exactly. like, issue numbers. <laughs> I'll do plastic bag. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's it's been really exciting that like, even in these trying times, these people that, like, I, I would say I idolize because I love Survivor in that way, they're, they're real people, too. They're going through yeah. shit, and, and you relate to th them in similar ways. And they're all, like, that's the part of Survivor. They bring people together from different walks of life. And, you know, you sometimes you become, like, a, a charity activist and you become part of that family. But yeah. uh, most of the time, you just return back to your life as a, a doctor, a lawyer, a farmer, a bartender, whatever the fuck you are. Exactly. I mean, some people are lifelong um, reality stars. And that's yes. a choice as well. Good for you. I wish I could make that a living. But you know what? It, we all are bonded by this entertainment world. Mm -hmm. And I've started to get very nervous recently with everything going on and them having to push back the filming for season 41. Mm -hmm. What's what going to happen? Yeah, what if we don't have anything anymore? <laughs> right, because that's like what's really concerning. It's like we all rely on entertainment and movies and TV and, and reality television and Broadway and drag. Yeah. We're at a point where our supply is maybe out. And we can't Thing, redo things soon. Yeah. Things, well, the new things can't come. All the things in the can, luckily, I would say that there is the capability of editors being able to work yeah. from home. So there will be a small wave of still things coming. Uh, but these things that film on a seasonal basis, we can't get crews together. Think about right now this drag race reunion. They can't get the, a full crowd into that theater. They no. can't. They can't even probably get those 12 girls, their assistants, RuPaul, his crew, Michelle, her crew. Like, that that's too many people to be in a space together. Exactly. What's going to happen for that finale? How are we going to do that? Right. We're going to film it like this from home. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you for letting me wait. Oh, yay. Could you, could you imagine Sasha Valore? Well, that's a lot. Sasha Valore could pull off a video like this. And, oh, and, my and God. Win. That, that um, would have been the season. If it was like Sasha's like, oh, I'll perform from home. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, like, some, some other potential uh, finalists, I don't know what would happen. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. It, 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 in a way, it's almost like, well, ask the fans what we want. Maybe we want to hold off. Maybe we want to put a pause, like a little pin in this the end of the season, and let it happen organically. Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I am very interested to see how they'll be handling this. We are six weeks away from um, All-Stars 5. And also, think about the Survivor finale. Exactly. They can't do that either. Well, they're doing that's, it via Zoom. It's oh, a Zoom doing, reunion. It's a Zoom reunion? Okay. Yep. And Jeff Probst has already hated that idea. He's trying to change it up, and everyone's like, you, you can't do anything. To what? Yeah, you I can't don't do anything. Um, but it's going to be, it, it's monumental. This has never happened in our lifetime like this. No, absolutely not. So it, in a way, it's exciting, but at the same time, as someone who's such a purist, I hate this all. Oh, yeah, because it, 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 I mean, it's this, people are dying, so obviously things are getting shaken, but... Yeah. Every single person is getting inconvenienced. There's not anybody that isn't affected by this. Exactly. In the, even in a small way. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the only way to save us all is, you know, drink bleach. Um, oh, oh, please. Trump said it. If you love him, listen to him. Drink some bleach. He already drink came, it on the, he already came it, out and said he was being sarcastic. And I'm, everyone's like, are you fucking kidding me? This is not the time to be sarcastic. Say you fucked up. End of story. Um... 
I, I think it's good luck on election day if you just drink a nice cup of bleach in the morning, everyone. It's Yes, yes, it's true. For Republicans um, only. <laughs> um, I've um, been talking to your drag daughter, Arya Darchi, a lot. Um, because oh I've been on a um, cult kick. Okay. She's um, a cultist. Yes. So I watched uh, The Master. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I have. Inspired by um, Scientology. Arya's Yesterday, Exactly. Religion. Yesterday I watched... Um, the miniseries Waco. Oh my gosh, I watched the commercial for that yesterday. It was very good. I watched documentaries yesterday. I watched Moving Parts with Trixie Mattel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Skinny legend, yes, truly. Yes. But yeah, I've been on, on, a, on a cult kick, so listen, if you all Republicans in your cult want to drink the bleach... Drink some bleach, Not yeah. Not going to stop you. And I don't think anyone else would either. Did you watch all of Waco? I did, I watched it on... A, day well that's what we do these days Mm -hmm. some people would do it when they had a day off and it wasn't every day off yeah i so i i was um recommended this series by um ryan so he watched it then i watched it and um when i got to the last episode i was like i wonder if this episode is going to end with a bang oh god and it sure did spoiler alert but yeah i've I've been on this kick where like we had where I want to watch new things, but I'm like, I've missed so many old things. I'm going to be here for a while. Let me let me go back Re- to the... Recatch, yeah. Yeah, and so part of me is like, what reality shows have I not seen in a while that I want to go back to? And maybe I'll go back to some of the older seasons of Survivor like you have. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm just going to go through the canon uh, and just watch one, two, three, and, you know, keep yeah. it, it's good background fodder for when I'm doing drag things, sewing wigs, you know, gluing... Yeah cleaning and then we're i mean once survivor is over thank god they kept things in the can because there's a new season of the amazing race ready to go oh yay so, you know i'm not a big amazing race watcher but i might have to you now might honestly you might as well <laughs> watch it and it's the resurrection of the show because like they were all they were in the middle of filming as well for the 33rd season i think it was and they just had to, they stop. Had, they had to stop yeah just like drag race uk had to stop filming which is the most devastating thing in the world thinking that oh. they might may not be able to finish that season. Yeah, well, oh my gosh, what would you do? No, it'll be fine. They'll finish it I'm at sure. some point. I hope so. God, I can't imagine just being like, ah, sorry girls, we're recasting, moving on, <laughs> season 2.0. Yeah. So, to round out the Survivor portion, who are your three favorite Survivor players of all time? Oh, Lord. Ugh. Okay, um, number one is Sierra. Because, Which was Sierra? Oh, I'm sorry, Sierra Moritz. Um, with eight, eight other last names as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she legendarily voted off her mother yes. and is possibly one of the most, uh, I would say, aggressive players ever. And I really like that. Okay, I w- okay. If I were to land on a beach of a fans versus favorites and that person was there, I would immediately say, let's make moves. Like you got me in your pocket. You don't also like you don't have to talk to me. I'll be your sleeper agent and I'll go make alliances with other people. And then you just tell me what to do. I'm, okay. I like your, the okay. way that you think. Um, I have to say because it's over the test of time, um, and it was really funny to watch her kind of squabble in that last Edge of Extinction challenge. I think Emma Mariano is just such a sweetheart, and uh, while Elizabeth Falarski now Hasselback was my crush from Outback when uh, Amber came back for All Stars when I was a. Uh, a watcher way back when um, being able to see that whole situation unfold is just really cool to me. I mean, yeah. she got a husband, two seasons of the amazing race, her wedding paid for a wonderful family. Both of them have won that show. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a really cool story. If people may not respect her gameplay, but she's one of the original shield players and she didn't have to call it anything. She just got to say, huh, look at me. Yeah. Um, the third spot is really hard. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who. I thought I mean, you were going to say Parvati. It's. I mean, Parvati's probably the only other person that I could say. I'm just thinking that Eliza might listen to this and was <laughs> trying to save her the anguish. Um, I am obsessed with Parvati. I love her. I think even watching this, the the episodes that she got to barely play on this season, I I really enjoyed it. It made me giddy to watch her. So, yeah. you know, there there might be other people who who can jump up and play a good game eventually. You know, I love a Michaela. I'm actually a Sarah Lucina fan. Some people me do too. not. I love her, but I like her game. Somebody, 
Jeremy and her have won two seasons that I think were very, very important. Mm-hmm. And so I think they have a, a up on a winners right now because they won second chances and game changers, which right. were very, very difficult seasons. So they get honorable mentions. All right. All right. It's a good list. I like it. I approve. Sorry, Sandra. Queen stays queen. Gotta always say that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our second topic is something that we haven't been talked. We haven't, we haven't spoken about for a while because lots of things have been going on and now even more things are going on. And I miss iconic. Oh, I know. I miss Me it a lot. Too. There's no, you know, this is kind of, I've been seeing all the um, flashbacks the year ago of everything yeah. from our season two. So I got, yeah, I got to see all those like pictures and videos coming up and it made me really sad that we weren't able to do a uh, season during this time with all that was going on. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to get back, but I just want to think, you know, talk about some of our favorite moments. It's such a great, it's such a great situation. I yeah. love Iconic and I love all of the girls that we've been able to encounter and it's just such a, a cool space. I miss the bar. I miss the family. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything. It, it's, I, I, I miss it too. And I'm, I'm optimistic that in a way I'm, I'm almost, I know behind the scenes things. I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can go to certain companies and be like, Hey, you want to help bring back the drag arts? Yes. Give us some money. Let's do this. And yeah. in, in a way, maybe this is a um, blessing for our show where we can get more opportunities some and more money and mm-hmm. the chance to make the show even bigger and better than it is. Yes. So you know? I, I, I'm, I'm still looking forward to bringing back Iconic to Icon and and bringing our family back together. But what yeah. has been your top moment? Oh, I don't. I I don't think I could pick a singular. But no, not 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 of the show, moment. but for you during iconic. Okay, for me, like, what did I have a good personal moment? I don't know. I there's every week was such a a blur and a whirlwind. Um, I think there was a moment, and I I don't know. I don't know why this is, advice from different people is so special to me. But there was a week that when Dusty hosted. Uh, where Alexis Michelle pulled me aside and she said, you have something really, really special to hear. She said, this is what we did. This is so you think you can drag this is the spot that what something that the community was missing. And that is really what I wanted to be able to kind of develop from it because that I say it over and over and over again when I'm mentoring, when I'm talking with you, people probably get tired of hearing, so you think you can drag, come out of my mouth. But it was such a pivotal experience for me. I loved every moment, even the anguishes that I felt from it. And uh, to be able to do anything even sort of similar to that situation uh, made me feel a lot of pride. I felt personally proud because I do put a lot of effort into it and I, I, you know, I take the time off and I love it so much to, to experience all these new girls. And it's an invigorating thing for me. Like I, I now see what Paige felt every season when you would see girls do things that you, you never thought you would see somebody do or to be able to push a girl in a direction to do something that she wanted to do, but was unsure about. And you see all this other new inspiring and innovative drag. And it really helps like, uh, you know, grease your old tired hinges from a drag queen who's been doing it. Yeah. Three seasons in, we've had 31 competitors. Some <laughs> have been there for their entire week. Some never stepped on stage. Some, some <laughs> were there for only a couple weeks, whatever. We, the, seeing what they've all done after the fact has been something really special. Yes. Because even if they hated the experience, there's something that they were able to take away. And maybe they'll never be able to, to admit it, but they took away something that they've used in the future and in a way it's it started these new sisterhoods and bonds and friendships yeah we see a lot of cute little families and houses that have developed from the relationships behind the scenes you know i love a good sisterhood that way yeah it's been for me that's like a a huge takeaway is to see that there is a we're not just doing it for us we're doing it for them and and they become successful in their own right because maybe we gave them a little push of confidence that they didn't know they needed well, that was part of some of the mission statements, which I think was something cool that you and Lindsay both did in the application process, was like, why do you want to be a part of this competition? Obviously, people love competitions because it gives you credibility if you win something, you know, right. and there's there's money behind it. But uh, honestly, the you break if you break even, you're lucky in something like this because the amount of investment a queen has to put in, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for something Um So uh, I think that you guys both said, why do you want to be a part of it? And a lot of those girls did say, because I want to, 
I want to spread my relationships. I want to meet other queens. I want to build more of a, mm-hmm. a, a peer basis. And it wasn't just peers that have come together. It's literally families. Yeah. And that is so cool. I mean, I have a daughter from the competition. Exactly. I never, you know, I, I would have met Aria because of Gilda and Lindsay and Icon. I would have met her anyway, but mm-hmm. I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten to watch that growth right. in that particular time. And I'm super proud of the things that she has done from the time that I met her up until now. And I, the same could be said about every single contestant because nobody's just stopped and walked away. Everyone has done some cool, amazing things since with their yeah. drag. Even if they've adjusted their name or changed their style or whatever, they're yeah. still doing things. And, or or because of the competition, they've learned a new skill that they didn't know that they necessarily needed. Well, they they learned how to make wigs, and now they're selling wigs and becoming a big wig superstar. Like the, oh. these are the, the like the fun things that are heartwarming to see still happen. Um, and and I miss it. Like I I really am optimistic that we'll have another season in the future. And I know there are a lot of queens in the city who have shown up to the show and are desperate to be a part of it in some capacity. Yeah, we're and, just, I mean, we're always at capacity at that bar, so it'll be, it'll be a while since we're drawing such big crowds. Right. Hopefully we'll have to monitor that situation with the current health. But, you know, we'll just, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because uh, I, I love seeing that bar full and all of those girls, um, in in that room doing all their things backstage and i just get so scared about everything now you can't can, two people can barely be gathered in one area right i mean i, I i'll message the 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 group and see if maybe, maybe we need we can do like a little alumni digital show of some sort maybe yeah that would have be cute people, not necessarily a live show but like have everyone film something we'll put it together yes. and and let it be shared and experience experience what we're missing and yeah I, checking I, in on the girls yeah a little we can we can do a little mini interviews like this and whatever it'll be it'll be exciting but i i think now is the time to optimize our digital f- forces and, and bring a little icon and iconic back together for a little bit yeah i was very um anti-digital drag shows the first two weeks of quarantine i was like what the is this girls just sitting in front of webcams flapping around getting kicked off of instagram all the time and then somebody asked me to do one and i said i guess i will do it because i like working with you sky casper as a producer and then um i experienced some of the same problems and i'm like you know what it's it's interesting to find these ways now we've been in this situation for what like six weeks yeah people have found new interesting ways i mean uh now when i paint my face for fun during this quarantine i literally just set my phone at the vanity and pull up instagram live and just go down the line and check in on my girls and watch androgyny you know like slide into a a kiddie pool or uh, see jacqueline hyde cooking with her mom uh tina burner flapping her gums around and interviewing people every day it's it's really cool to check in on the girls i like that it's because i literally get to see way more queens shows than i ever would have uh, trying to hoof it around the city on days off or you know, go yeah. after my gig to another show. Do you think this will alter how drag gets viewed in the future? Totally. I mean, it already is because the queens are adapting for this platform. And I think that there will become, before the idea of like drag for fans was like, okay, cool idea. But the in-person is such a necessity. Drag is yeah. a very live experience. It is interactive. Uh, but these girls are now finding ways and that's going to lead to that platform so that what, what, do, oh, I want to watch this girl, but she's, uh, doesn't have a show for two weeks. What is she doing? What is she putting up online yeah. right now in that downtime? You know, people could film stuff every day, uh, when they are in drag and save it and then put it out later, you know, because the, the thing is that we're seeing that people do want to consume shows like this. Yeah. So we can save that and work towards a new kind of way. And it'll, I think it'll present itself that way when we return to live shows too. People are going to learn new skill sets. Absolutely. I think what I've come to see is that there are queens who need and thrive and off an audience and they are better live. Yeah. And then there are queens who it's almost painful to see them live, but can give a digital show like no other. Yeah, it's really interesting because this is more of a controlled environment. They yeah. get to do exactly what they want to do on screen. Exactly. And for some of them, that means putting up a backdrop that's a green screen and having some digital masterpiece behind them that you exactly. would never be able to do at a at a bar. At a regular show. So exactly. It's In a way, it, I worry that like the new frontier will be all digital and people won't be going out to shows as much. But it's still art and art is going to be seen and it's a celebration of drag. 
and they might, you know, we might be limiting people at shows anyway because of mm-hmm. capacity levels, as I said before. So this might be a saving grace. Uh, you know, I couldn't go see a show live this week because there, you know, I was I wasn't going to go in a room with it, either twelve people, but I got to see one of my queens do something online. So it might be something when we return, we're going to have to juggle both balls. Yeah, which I'm not even good enough at doing my own stuff right now. I don't want to add another level to this. Yeah. Well, I, I'm very interested to see what will happen. And you know what? Iconic is going to happen. Let, let's talk about some of our favorite moments or favorite um, numbers that that stick out. Should we, you want to go season by season or just overall? Let's just I'll, let's dive in randomly because okay. I was thinking about um, Seraphim because uh, Crystal Method did Poppy. Uh-huh. And that was always that was a definite highlight moment for me because both Juicy Lou and Ritzy Bits didn't really know what the fuck she was doing. Right. They had no concept of what Poppy was, but they but she won that night hands down because the uh, the judges scores were were through the roof. Perfect scores. They were just like we didn't. She was so convincing. We didn't know who yeah. this person was but we left googling her in our cabs on the way home you know which is exactly what jonathan bennett said um on drag race with crystal methods poppy yeah it's like literally it's what the poppy effect does and then you go back and research her and then you fall down the rabbit hole of like what the fuck is this freak yeah Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird advertising campaign actually (laughs) um did you see seraphim's crystal method look I did. I gave it some toots today. You mm-hmm. guys should check her out on the Insta. She's been doing some fun looks. Her fascination with Aiden Zane is it, hilarious to me. It, it's it, they're the same person. <laughs> no, they Off are not. Screen, uh, they're yes, so they are. Different. Oh, um, yeah. Well, give me another favorite highlight. Well, I think this is me. Yours. I mean, I loved it in the moment, but now um, with other things going on in my life, um, I think one performance that really has hit me is Acacia's number with her dad and her brother. Oh my god, that is probably one of my uh, top five moments from that, uh, from the whole show, all yeah. the things that we've done there. It, um, really, really beautiful. I want, I want to, I wish that I could listen to that song every day, honestly. Yeah, I, it resonated with me because at the time my dad was still sick, whatever, mm-hmm. and now that he's passed, it's it's one of those moments where I'm like, I can nev- I'm never going to be able to have that moment. Moment, yeah. Um, so... It's it's become really really important and beautiful and and embrace the moments that you get with the people you love whether it be your chosen family your real family whatever and I think Acacia also got to showcase a skill that not many people knew she had. Yes, exactly. She was one of those people that's uh, that's what I love about drag competitions is she was very who she was every week, but was so versatile. She always brought something a little different to the table that she is one of those chameleon queens. Like, yeah. you know, that she's always going to look good because she knows how to do her makeup and her hair and outfits. But her style is like you can't pin down exactly what she is. And I think on that last week when we saw her raw and honest, we mm-hmm. knew I see. You can do everything that, that is expected of you in drag, but like this is who you are. This is what you're really, really wonderful at. And I'm and, and glad that she was able to use the stage for that moment. Yeah, it was really, really a touching moment. And I, I, I'm always going to remember that now. Uh, I definitely did 100% cry when uh, Megami and her mother did Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the 60s. That Very is good a number. Top- top two of an iconic experience uh so beautiful i love mom gami and all of the support that she uh throws her beautiful daughter uh it's so cute um and and, yeah it was just really touching um i feel like kinky boots was a a a judge that week and uh twinkie boots sorry and we were both just like crying about the the love that was on stage, the actual just participation in your child's life uh, is something that we don't get to see. Yeah. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Another moment for me that will always stand out, and I think it's very fitting with um, people altering their hair now, is <laughs> the finale of season one where Nicole did her um, apprentice number. Shaved head. And took that wig off and revealed a shaved head. And I'm, I was not told about this. I was deliberately not told by Lindsay or Nicole that, they, uh-huh. that she had done it. And I look, I'm watching the number, and we, it, it, there's some haze on stage, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's a good ball cap. And I was like, that's not a ball cap. She went full on shaved. 
And, you know, I it was one of those things that I don't even think she needed to do that. No. But it was what she was doing was showing us how much she wanted to show us that she was trying. Right. Yeah. Like, look, look at what I will do. Like, she, and she's a beautiful boy with a great head of hair. So I would be I was shocked yeah. to see that she had shaved it off. It's like a ballsy. I care about this so much. Look at what I'm giving you moment. Exactly. You know, like the number didn't necessarily need the reveal. It was already a good enough number. But she wanted to show a personal commitment just to push yeah. it over that even if she more. saved it for the final lip sync, that would have been an insane moment as well. Right. Yes. So just yes. Do, the act of shaving your head for a drag competition. Wow. I don't think I could do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, also, Sissy Watkins Horror Week number will forever live in my memory. Uh, she's done it twice. For those of you who don't know, just just book her for it. Just ask her to do her um PSA number from Iconic, yeah. mm-hmm. and don't a- don't don't ask her anything else about it. Yeah, make sure you have video capabilities, though. Yes, yeah, so, uh, and, and be sure that um your the venue does not have um restrictions. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> definitely not safe for work. Not at all. Yeah, that that number. I literally, I was watching it through my fingers because I was so grossed out. It was horrific. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I loved watching people push the line and get pretty gross on that stage. I yeah. mean, I've gagged with, with of things that Zavaletta or Sherry Poppins or different people have done up there that I'm like, oh, oh, I wouldn't do that. But yeah. the blood or the, the shit or the flower is eating a baby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or throwing butter around on stage. Throwing butter around. That is actually a highlight. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is there one theme that you're like, okay, it, I need to bring it back. I want to see it again. Oh, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. I was thinking about, uh, is there a, like, maybe next time we do it, don't repeat any themes that we've done before. Try to bring on new, even if they're slightly variated. But people just love the Broadway. Yeah. Uh, I kind of was thinking about decades. I'd like to bring decades back. Yeah, because what we it, I loved that it was in chronological order, and it kind of took you on a journey through time. And I, I just thought somebody should pick, like, 1770s or 1470s <laughs> or something silly like that. Um, Animal Week, I would probably want to do something like that, but I think mm-hmm. that we have so many different ways to play with prosthetics. Like, we could do fantasy or yeah. uh, cosplay. Because, like, or... even when we were picking themes for season three, we had a whole list of, okay, that's season four. We had, like, yeah. half of season four picked already. Yeah, we have some good ones on the table. So, I, I, I'm I'm excited. We're, we're going to make it happen. I We'll just message Dave and be like, hello, I know you're bored, too. Let's do something. Right, like, can we start doing video footage? I'll ask him, should I just, can I send you video footage of yeah. me and we'll do stuff? I mean, honestly, like, I think if I, if we were, if we all want to do some sort of, like, alumni digital show, David would help put us, put it together. We should, yeah, well, let's and message him about that. I miss the shit on top of it, too. Yeah, he, he the... That is that would definitely be a highlight of mine. I would say is that season two prologue. Yeah, that that David put together. That video was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty epic. Well, should we move on to our third topic? Yes, of course. So we're lighthearted. Gonna, yeah, we are going to talk about the cartoons that shaped our childhood. Yay! Not necessarily the movies, but like the after-school shows and the Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. Um. Because everybody is so Disney Plus right now, talking about right. Disney movies. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Well, it's really, really interesting because um, uh, Ryan and I were watching um, some like compilation videos of like Guess the Theme Song from like 90s uh-huh. um, uh, cartoons. And the age difference is not that much. I think Ryan and you are the same age. Um, but there were shows that he didn't know, but I did. Oh. So, like, all of the um, Disney afternoon shows he never watched before. So, like, um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Tailspin and Gummy Bears and DuckTales, he didn't, he didn't watch. That's, that, those I mean, are my those shows. Are, mm-hmm. Yeah, those are shows. Those are the mine. Shows. Like, I'm obsessed with them. So, like, anytime um, I do get to see uh, your drag mom, I say, Gummy Bears! Yeah. And she gets yes. mad at me for wanting to do it. But that's her fault for it being in her canon. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then watching Devin Green's uh, digital show, she sang Gummy Bears. Like, this is amazing! Um, but I, that those shows, for me, were probably the ones that meant the most to me as a kid. 
I I was obsessed with X-Men, the animated Uh cartoon. I watch it every Saturday morning. Um, I'm making Scott watch the Phoenix Saga with me right now during Mm. the uh, quarantine. Um, I'm like, it's Saturday morning. We're doing some cartoons, a few episodes. Uh, I I was just thinking about it the other day. That's why I said it should be a topic. Do you remember Life with Louie? Like, it was this... Louie Anderson... Yes, it was yeah. the, it was the Louis Anderson cartoon. Uh-huh. I remember For some like, reason, I really liked that show. I didn't really watch too much of that show, but the show that I do remember watching a lot was Bobby's World. Oh yes, it's kind of similar. Howie Mandel, but he was more uh, with that voice. Yeah, <laughs> he was more energetic. We'll say he, yeah, because yeah. um, like who who would have thought Louis Anderson deserved a child sitcom? Right, I never would have thought. But yeah. now, looking back on it, I'm like, that just weird little <laughs> child animated. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And then what else? Did, so again, I, everyone knows I'm a big Disney freak. So like uh, one Saturday morning on ABC when you had like recess and Disney's Doug. Okay. Um, those see, were some Doug of my was good. But see, favorites. Disney's Doug? Did so, they take Doug away from um, Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon was about to cancel it and Disney uh, bought it. Oh, okay. Did mm-hmm. they? Did Nickelodeon make the movie, or did Disney? It was Disney. There was a there was a movie. It was yeah, Disney. I never. I don't remember it though. Um, let's. I didn't watch Recess a lot, but I do remember going to see the movie in mm-hmm. theaters. Like you know, I was one of those times I got to go alone to the theater with friends. Yeah, you know, and just watch. But it was like I'm watching a cartoon. Like, did you <laughs> Did you watch the Pokemon animated series? Of course. Yes. Oh my gosh. One time when I went over to hang out with my friends as a kid, they're like, we're catching Pokemon. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I knew you lived on snob Hill, the rich part of town, but I didn't realize that you guys could like buy Pokemon. Those are not real, but it turns out they were using their imagination and they were just going out into like the fields. (laughs) It was the original Pokemon go. Yeah. And then they were like, you have to catch five Pokemon before you come back. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that bush is a Tangula. Boom. Caught it. And they're like, no, you have to find a real one. And I was like, bitch, you know, there is no real Pokemon out here. Like, I'm not that stupid. (laughs) I'm not just going to wander out in the deserts of New Mexico looking for a Japanese cartoon creature. (laughs) I was really sad, though. I wanted them to be real. I mean, could you imagine if Pokemon were real? I'm more of a Digimon person, actually. Okay. Okay. You really want to know. I like that show more. Digimon, Um, Digital Monsters, Digimon are the champions. Yes, exactly. And they can speak. They don't just say their own name over and over and over again. Right. So yeah, I, I didn't really... I think I was a little too old for Digimon and like Yu-Gi-Oh! But my brother watched those shows. Uh-huh. I liked Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. I played the card game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of friends, but the ones I did were also losers. I mean, I played the Pokemon card game. Uh, that, that one I did play a little bit. Um, but even you mentioned X Men. I was a big X Men card collector. Oh, really? I had yes, the Marvel for cards, them. like mm-hmm. like baseball cards. My, oh, so yeah. did my brother. My brother had binders of them, and I would yeah. I would love to look at them. Do you? I think the binder uh, plastic sheets that did the cards into nine. There's something about that gives you that nostalgic feeling of just oh, flipping absolutely. through cards. Oh, I the, mean, the so smell my, of them. My yeah. mom wants me to like start cleaning my room and everything, and like I up <laughs> on the shelf. I have all those binders and I kind of don't want to look through them because then I'll get like nostalgic and be like, okay, where the time's better then. But like, I want to know how much they're worth. They're worth. Yeah. I mean, as much as I don't want to get rid of them, if they're like a lot, maybe, maybe it's time. Yeah. Um, Lauren Order was saying that too. I think she's like two or three cards away from having this like whole complete original set. And she wants to have her mom send them to her so that she can sell them eventually. But I'm like, well, now you're going to spend, you're going to real Pokemon go it. You're going to spend years looking for those three or four (laughs) cards. Yeah. (laughs) Just so that you can complete your collection. Because it's worth nothing unless it's complete. Exactly. Um, What other cartoons did I watch? Um, Let's see. I mean, Darkwing Duck I watched. Yes, definitely Darkwing Duck. Courage the Cowardly Dog is coming out with a movie, and I watched that cartoon, but I was oh. older. I just mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny. It was so so weird. Yeah, and then obviously you have the Nickelodeon cartoons like Rugrats and mm. Ah Real Monsters and Angry Beavers and Hey Arnold and all those fun ones. Um, fan of them all. What is your favorite Rugrats episode? Oh, hi, Roman. I don't know. 
Well, I can tell you mine. I really like there's a there's a superhero set. They do it twice. They do it once when Kimmy comes back after the when she joins the cast after the movie, uh, the second one. But they originally did it, and Lil is dotted line girl, and that just to me was the most hilarious thing because like it's a useless power. Yeah, she's not invisible. You can see her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, what I don't even. For me to pick a specific episode, I'd have to really go back and watch a couple things. But like the one that always did stick out with me um, was probably the Passover episode because yes. like I'm a little Jewish kid in a um, town where there's not many Jews, and one of the best shows is doing a Passover episode. Like, what is this? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, had the, their Passover and their Hanukkah um, specials on VHS, and I would watch them year-round, and I knew zero Jewish people. Um, I probably thought they were, like, celebrating Christianity. You never knew. I didn't realize until I moved to New York that, uh, like, the parents... Jews were real? No, I'm kidding. No, that they were, like, a stereotype. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, I fully. Thought, I thought oh, fully. most of the time it was, like, a New... A new like, oh, that's a New Yorker stereotype. Like, I didn't realize like that there was a whole Jewish identity. Like I didn't have any Jewish friends. I didn't understand it. And so I was really fascinated with a bunch of it. When I got here, I would go to Seder's all the time with my friends so that I could learn shit. I was fascinated. Yeah. And everyone always thought I was Jewish because of my nose and my nasally voice. And I was like, sorry guys, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I will read this um, Hebrew phonetically because I went to theater school. You're welcome. There you go. What, what other shows like impacted you? Um, let's see. I'm I'm glad you brought up Rugrats because I was obsessed with Phil and Lil as a kid. I just wanted a like a little cohort that was my same age and looked exactly like me, but was a girl. So I made Heidi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me think. Um, because now I'm running off the the ledge. I didn't really watch any like Disney cartoons. Did you watch TV Sonic? shows growing up? Sonic the Hedgehog. Off and on, not mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. No, not much. I played the video game, but I was uh, younger and not very good at it. So I remember being like, this is frustrating. I'm always just bouncing into spikes and stuff, yeah. losing all of my coins and, and rings. But I did play the games. Uh, I had it on Game Boy, I feel like. It's the GameCube probably would be the one that I played the most. Uh, there was a, like a Sonic and Tails game. Mm-hmm. It was probably the easiest, and that's probably why. Uh-huh. And then, then they introduced Knuckles, and we all loved Knuckles. Knuckles is sexy, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with his hair, but he made me have feelings as a kid. And he would put on brass knuckles, so you knew he meant business. I was like, ugh. He was a badass. Yeah, he is a badass. I'm into Knuckles. I think I still am. Have you done any Saturday morning cartoon um, looks or inspired mixes? No. I I've done I have a rogue mix I've I have a rogue look mm-hmm. a cosplay and I I guess that counts but it's really more like Marvel um, but other than that no that's a good thing I should invest in yeah there you go should do something you there. got some time to make one right since we're probably not going to be returning to civilization until July yeah yeah I mean ask the audience what um, Saturday morning cartoon you should do yes follow the- me on my social medias and message me. Text me if you're a friend and tell me what you want me to do. There you go. Well, I have nothing else to do. As we wrap this uh, little interview up, what are your hopes and dreams for when this is all over? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I've been uh, piecing together my Survivor audition tape during all of this time. Uh, so my hopes and dreams are that that show doesn't get canceled. And since we've been seeing such... I don't know. The fans of RuPaul's Drag Race make me so scared of this show. It's not the same thing that it was when, you know, when it started and being as being somebody who's been there from the beginning, it, it, I'm not going to stop watching. It's like glee. I can't tear away even if I dislike it sometimes. Um, but I just don't think that those goals and ambitions are in align with, uh, the kind of positivity and, uh, lack of hate thrown my way that I would like to see in my career and future. Yeah. So I'll just go on Survivor and win a million dollars instead of a hundred thousand. And I think that that's a hope and dream for the future. People keep like telling it. me I'll never last, but I'm like, I barely eat anything every day anyway. <laughs> and so I think I'll be fine. Yeah. I think you can, you'd be great. I won't tell anyone I'm a drag queen. So they don't see me as a weakness. And then I'll just be friends with everyone. I'll be the comic relief. They won't want to get rid of me. No, not at all. I Fingers think crossed. It'll be good. It'll be good. 
You can win Big Brother. I'll win Survivor. Here we go. We'll, do, we'll, we'll be judges on Alaska's best competition drag pageant competition show. I love it. I love it. Um, did, did you... I don't know if I sent it to you, um, but I... Um, decided the other night that i was going to create a digital competition that's all fake um it's called <laughs> quarantine twink search for okay. michael's favorite twink i love this um and then i made a poster um and it says it's hosted by allison mossy <gasps> but she's not into twinks she likes them bulky i know, I know that's the part of the joke well, is, yeah she's tr- she's trying to find somebody that she can bulk up is that what it is exactly um so i i i i'm i'm getting into these like parodies and and making fun of myself through my art so i'm, I'm well if I'm you can't seeing... make fun of yourself you know exactly it was also inspired by someone saying that um they know they would win that competition i was like oh let's see if that would happen um but i i, I think i want to start getting back into creating new things and opportunities because yeah uh, there's so much uncertainty that i need to be able to rely on myself yes should the past things and creations not be able to come back exactly everything could change everything could change well now is your time to nominate someone to do a quarantine check-in oh my goodness i didn't even think about this um has audrey phoenix done one yet no she hasn't that's my uh, that's my nomination i absolutely adore her let's see what's going on with audrey phoenix love it and since jacks left and went back uh <laughs> oops to, to connecticut or whatever she's alone she needs somebody to check in on her it's true it's true i i walked by her street today i was gonna text her and see if i can wait through the window but um i was like no I'll, I'll, it was a little it was a little cold and rainy today so when yeah you needed again, to get back inside yeah well where can all the fans find you on social media and venmo as always, it is Heidi the Ho, H-E-I-D-I-T-H-E. You know, it's the, very easy to spell, but Ho is H-A-U-X. And I just recently, since I did that show online, got on Cash App. So you can find me on Instagram, Venmo, and Cash App, all at Heidi the Ho, one word. There you go. That's super simple and easy. Yes, I decided to streamline. <laughs> well, it is a pleasure catching up with you, and hopefully I'll see you soon. Yes, hopefully we'll be back in each other's presence before too long. Yes. Thanks for checking in, Michael. This is a good thing that you're doing, you know, Thank checking you. in with people. It keeps it keeps us going, it keeps us connected and, you know, we talk about new things and get some of our stresses out. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're we finally were able to do this. Yes, it was perfect. So, thanks for chatting with me. A huge thanks to Heidi for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaternow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 